Welcome to Testimony, a musician story. Heard at TestimonyStories.com and narrated by myself, Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Let's get started. Submitted and committed, I'm ready to get all in it If you like it, then you probably should have made it If you don't promise, I won't be offended I just fall on my face in repentance I'm in love with the grace extended We just wanna rock and make this smile So do not attempt to attack it When the break's on, I like everybody like, wow Take no sister, jock my style That's a tech, not a personal foul I'm so B-more, although I'm so proud It's a buddy I learned that I'm a cutty from my man D-Mob You don't know you need to study I'm back on my job, if you're rapping, then you're lucky I'm the only black kid that don't know how to dug it but I stay on beat. I let the rhythm hit up the accept defeat. You freak the girls, I'm a freak the beats, and I ain't never gonna stop for my life. If you have been a Christian hip hop fan, then you should be familiar with the breaks. If you are a new listener, then you may be familiar with the Dream Junkies. Both groups have in common belief melanin. Belief was born Glenn Henry on May 8th, 1985, in Baltimore, Maryland. On his dad's side, he has a sister that is nine months younger. On his mom's side, he has a brother that is nine years younger. Glenn grew up with his mother in Baltimore. And for the first nine years of his life, they had a decent relationship. I wasn't a bad kid, but it came to a point where when I was about like nine, when my little brother came along, me and my mom got distant. Um, so there was when like we, I kind of became like the not so good son. You know what I'm saying? So um, a lot of anger and frustration got taken out on me, you know, because she really didn't know how to channel that type of stuff, you know. Um, Now that I look back on it, I can say that she didn't know how to channel it. Um, Then I would say that I was, you know, I was being targeted and mistreated. But, you know, now that I know about what Jesus went through, it was kind of like, you know, I didn't really have it that bad, you know. But um, I was, uh, I wouldn't say troubled. I was very different, you know, like insecure and lost, you know, very depressed, I think. Around around the age of like, you know, the 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 frustration with her started happening. I got very confused and depressed and like, you know, having like midlife crisis type stuff when I was 10, 11. I got really weird and two or three years after that, it got a little bit more like dramatic. And then that's when I decided to like, you know, I told my dad about what was going on back home. And uh, he, you know, thought it would be best that I stayed out in Cali. So that's when I, Around uh, 11, around 11, 12, I moved out to Cali. And, um, you know, I was there in middle school uh, for a couple years. I mean, like, you know, you can classify it as abuse. You know what I'm saying? Like mental, definitely. Uh, Physical, like it wasn't enough to like you see scars, but it was enough to where like, you know, no kids should get punched in the stomach. And you know what I mean? Like, you know, I should have aborted you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that type of stuff, like it makes you feel like you're less... You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes you feel like the problem. Spitting, you know, getting spit in my face. You know what I'm saying? Like, random objects thrown in my head. Like, you know, just like a lot of, like, the the stuff people do out of frustration. You know what I'm saying? But it just was so often that it was kind of like, yo, like, I'm not even really doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, you're upset because things aren't going right for you. But I don't know why you're taking it out on me. You know? So I didn't really know how to deal with that. I couldn't channel that. Um, and I'm the type of kid, like, I was the kid that, like... If you would have just told me you were upset with me, I would have been just as hurt. 
You know what I'm saying? Instead of getting like hit, you know? So um, I try not to even think about that stuff because like it really takes me back. You know what I'm saying? And it's like hard to hard to concentrate. So when I think about, you know, abused children or abused women, I, I, I get, it's a real soft spot for me. You know what I'm saying? Like that's part of like the reason I feel like I'm here is to tell those people that they weren't made to be punching bags, you know, liberate yourself, stand up for yourself. I got to a point where I was like, I can't take this. I'm out of here. You know, you're not going to hit me again. If you hit me, it's going to be a problem. You know what I'm saying? And I never hit her back. Like I would grab her and hold her and run out the house. You know what I'm saying? But it got to the point where I was kind of like, man, like, I can't, I can't sit up. I'm not going to deal with this. You know what I mean? Like somebody has to stop you, you know? Um, and I'm still the same way. You know what I mean? Like my mom just saw her grandchildren for the first time in February. And um, that was a big step, you know, but we still not on, on, on terms well because it's like, you know, as a man, I don't know if I'm doing it right, you know, but I feel like as a man, I have to protect my family, you know, and I have to protect my, my children and myself. My mom's not really a, a bad person. It's, I just think that, um, you know, some people were raised differently, you know, and she was raised a certain way. And she literally feels like, you know, I'm still her child. Like I'm literally a child, you know, but I'm, I'm much more than that at this point. Would you fly? Would you fly? How high? How high? Would you fly? Look, if you had He hits your body harder than the kick notch. It's like the eighth time he said he would stop. He tells you he loves you. I think not. I'm telling you that's not the way that love rocks. Grandma told me tell you put some nickels in a sock. And beat him in the sleep till his meat pop. I was thinking of something more direct, like a gun to his head or a knife to his neck. A reality check for his blatant disrespect. You know something he can feel that is stitched into his flesh. Maybe I should let the Lord do the rest. But you refuse to put the law to the test. I know you're tired of putting makeup on your eyes and covering up the bruises with the same lies. My question is, do you even try? If you had wings, would you even fly? Young Glenn hoped moving to sunny California would brighten up his bleak existence. Me moving out for junior high helped a little bit. I got to spend some time with my dad. But at the same time, like me and him didn't really rock like that either. So I realized that, okay, mom doesn't want me. Me and dad don't rock. I'm just the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? So then I moved back to Baltimore at 13 and went and stayed there from 13 to about 20. That's when it got really bad because then I was like, okay, I'm the problem. You know, I'm the, I'm, I'm the problem. You know, I don't fit in anywhere. And I just kind of became rebellious towards everything. So it, it, got, it got difficult around that time. You know what I'm saying? But um, I, was, I was still a good kid, you know, in ROTC and playing golf and, you know, leadership camps and all that type of stuff. But at the same time, like my mental was kind of jacked up where I was like, you know, I didn't really have a lot of respect for my mom. And it really, you know, and she was like, you know, she let me stay there and, you know, she took care of me. But at the same time, like, you know, she was still trying to treat me like I was a baby, you know. Around that time, I got super, like, suicidal. That's when the suicidal thoughts happened. I uh, started happening around the age, like, 14, 15, 16. It got really bad then. I, like, really flirted with the idea, you know what I'm saying? Like, I dream about it. I daydream and sit and think, you know what I'm saying, or plan out or, like, write letters to people after, you know, like, this is, this is what I would say to you if I died, you know? But I didn't get close until I was 20. I was, like, you know, just wilding out, and I got kicked out of um, um, my aunt, my grandmother's house. I was sleeping in my car, and then I was, like, driving my car on the freeway, and it was, like, this, um, this 
this middle piece to the to the bridge or whatever that you can run into. It was one of those mediums that kind of stuck out. So it wasn't like something I would have to swerve into. It was like, you know, I could go head on to it. I think it was a 795 freeway in, in Owings Mills. So they're like, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm driving. I'm like, man, I should at least call my dad. I called my dad and he, you know, I was telling, I told him where I was at. You know, so I was just like, you know, I want this to be over with. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I'll give you an opportunity to come out to California and you can start over. You know, buy a one-way ticket, bring all your stuff, come out here. You can sleep on my floor. You can go to school, you know, do what you want. And so that was like my second chance right then and there. Like what you're hearing so far? Check us out at TestimonyStories.com. That's Testimony Stories.com. Where you can hear content for you and about you. Everyone has a testimony. Yeah. Everyone, Everyone has, has a testimony. testimony. And we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Testimony. Where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Yo, what up? This Belief. You're listening to Testimony, a musician's story. His suicide letter read, to whom it may concern, I've been on the ledge. For some time, no one would listen. I bet they listening now don't start crying. Them tears don't belong to you. You had a chance to make a difference, but what did you do? Forgot me like everybody else. Now you're reading this, feeling sorry for yourself. It's too late to care. No one was ever there. They just looked at me, told me I was fat and I was ugly. Told me I was gay. Last time you hugged me, you said you would say a prayer. Did you forget? Did God hear it? I've been waiting for my death, I've never feared it I never fit in anywhere except my spirit Am I a terrorist? If I take this box, cut her and tear my wrist Is there a therapist specializing in this? Isn't it obvious? He took advantage of his second opportunity and worked on developing a relationship with his father his heavenly father so I was searching for God, I guess. On an airplane, I met this guy who was a 5 percenter, and I was studying, um, you know, stuff about, you know, Muslims and the beliefs of the 5 percenters and stuff like that and, like, going through, like, the alphabet and stuff like that. And then I met him. He he lived in Temecula, and then he was like, yo, I'm going to pick you up. You know, you just moving to Cali. You don't have nobody to hang around with. Let's go to Tijuana. I'm like, cool. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. And I go to Tijuana, and this dude is supposed to be a super religious guy. And then, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's, like, going into, like, massage parlors and, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, this is corny. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy endings. Like, I'm like, dude, like, this is, like, the corniest witness. I mean, I knew that it was, like, right around the time of Hurricane Katrina, too. So I, I knew. I was like, man, like, Satan is real. Like, so it has to be something to counteract Satan. You know what I'm saying? Like, Satan is definitely real because I was looking at all the death and I was like, man, this looks so evil. And then I went to Tijuana and I was like, man, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just too much freedom. 
So I was like, you know, Satan is real. So, you know, that's why I, I gave that dude a shot. And he kind of blew it, you know. I realized he really wasn't really about what he was, what he believed. And then um, I think like two weeks after that, my friend Garrett, who I met as a kid in California when I was out here for middle school, my friend Garrett, he uh, picked me up and was like, hey, you want to come to church with me? He was going to the movement church. And um, I think like the second week I was there, I met Ruslan. Cool. So we hung out at Denny's till two o'clock in the morning and I went home. Um, and he would like uh, spend time with me and, you know, just basically show me like, you, you could be a Christian. You don't have to be like super corny. You know what I mean? Like you could be a real person, you know, because most of the people I met, I just was like, dude, you don't seem like you're real at all. You know, you seem like you're fake. So um, Ruslan was kind of like the dude who just showed me like practically how you walk this thing out, you know, and that was really good for me. They say we got a father in the sky. I believe him, but do I look like Elroy? It's hard to smile with all this pain in me. I don't want to stay the same. I want to see change in me. Man, I see him smiling, but they envy. I just, I just want to be. I just, I just want to be. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Wanna be. I, I just wanna I just want to enjoy joy happy happy joy joy I just wanna I just wanna I just wanna enjoy Although initially he hooked up with the wrong person during his search for God because his heart was open and willing to find him God led him to Ruslan Coincidentally the two of them went to junior high school together but they were not friends. They traveled different paths and ended up on the same journey. Cali is where Glenn transformed to belief. Come belief increase like batter in the oven when heat hits yeast. Moving body weight, you could say I'm calisthenic. Pushing plates, beating, beating my body till it's ready. Getting stronger, getting steady. I explode like confetti, but I'm quiet on this path. You can find me where he led me. I eat competition when I'm hungry. Let's just say they lucky that he fed me. Ha, ha, I traded in being a beast for being belief, for being discreet, meek, and easier to teach. For being like the faithful, walking without seeing and looking in. In the mirror when I really feel like preaching, call me Mr. Graceful. I ain't getting even. I am knocking atoms, apples off the trees, and holding like the last day, cause I know I'm leaving. Fall like autumn and rising news. I'ma do whatever it takes to get. Well, I believe melanin. Uh, when I was growing up as a kid, um, I kind of favored, you know, for multiple reasons, I favored like the white race, and I like wanted to be white to be accepted. Um, so around the time that, you know, I was growing up and I started to get more like proud of who I was and understand that, you know, like though I didn't have a choice to be black, I'm proud to be black, you know, and God made me black, you know, and, um, you know, I would wear that with confidence and I'd be proud of who I am. So I decided to change my name to Belief Melanin, like believe in the melanin. It, I mean, it had a lot to do with, you know, like, you know, growing up and, just knowing that you weren't, you were always just like another person, you know. And then I would come out to California and be treated differently, you know. And I grew up in Baltimore. And so um, it's also because, you know, like I have, um, I had like self-esteem issues, you know. I never believed in myself. So whenever someone says belief, like it's like a reminder for me to believe in myself, you know. So that's kind of, it's I got issues. It was obvious, you know, that I was, it was obvious to me that I was different. 
And, you know, people would say, like, why is your butt so big? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, why is your nose so wide? You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. And just because, you know, you're a kid and you see, like, different color, and you're like, oh, well, that's better, you know? So um, I grew up, like, always, like, kind of, like, jealous, you know, of lighter complexions. And, you know, and then when I turned, like, 18, I'm like, man, black is beautiful, you know? Like, it's really, really beautiful. It's It's amazing that we have this color, you know, and it's just... You know, I love my skin, you know, um, and it took a while for me to know that. It took a while for me to learn that. I became proud of who I am, but then I got too proud. I was more of a militant, you know, racist, you know, like black person, you know, and dealing with a lot of racial issues, not liking white people. It went from like wanting to be white to hating white people. And then like to coming out here at 20, getting saved and meeting Ruslan, who has a black girlfriend at the time and I'm like what in the world is going on here you know what I'm saying and so like that that whole process really helped me like figure out like who I am testimony where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Connect with Testimony and Musician Story through social media. Find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at TestimonyStories.com. Now back to Beliefs, Testimony, A Musician's Story. From Cuba to Trinidad, from Trinidad to Baltimore, from Baltimore to sign the hospital, these lights bright, dang, looking at the floor. From mom's hands to dad's hands, from dad's hands to mom's hands. Fast forward a couple years past high school, now I got a little bit of fans. High DJ when I really want to dance. I started hanging around Ruslan and I was like cutting hair and um, taking pictures and carrying bags and stuff like that. Like I'm a hard worker, you know what I'm saying? Like I was just kicking it. And Ruslan was like, man, we really need a DJ. And I was like, so? You know what I'm saying? He was like, y'all, I really want you to DJ. You could be our DJ. You could be on stage with us. You know, I'm like, so? Like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't be on stage with you. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, who are you? You know? And I was just like, nah, bro. And um, he was like, okay, well, just take these turntables and, you know, figure it out. And he had, like, the wackest turntables ever. There's, like, the $100. You get both turntables and a mixer. You know what I'm saying? It was super bad. Like, you press the button, it's like, like, it starts up super slow, Um, the Newmark joints. And um, I took them, and then I got on stage, and I did a horrible job, you know, DJing, because I was trying to scratch, and I didn't know what I was doing. But I, he had an open mic that I dj for. It was called The Vessel. And I just was spinning records. And I was just playing my favorite records. And I wasn't really mixing on beat or anything like that. But people were, like, nodding their head the whole time. And they were like, yo, the DJ's sick. 
And it was like my first time, you know? And then um, that was like one small open mic. And then like three months later, I'm DJing at the biggest open mic in San Diego called Elevated, you know? So it happened so quick. Um, and so I started as Ruslan's DJ. We would have Monday night Bible studies. He would be writing raps. And then I wrote my first rap to this, to this joint called The Soil. Was the first rap I ever wrote. You know, I started writing and they were like, yo, write that down. That's 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 dope. So I was like, cool. And during that time, like it was kind of a fresh line, you know, it was kind of fresh rhymes or whatever. So um, yeah, that was that was the beginning of the the rap thing. In the midst of developing as an artist, Belief got married and had two kids. So being that he had a difficult upbringing, how has his new responsibilities changed him? I'm on peace mode, expert level with no cheat codes. Up down, up down, left, right, left, asthma. Catch my breath after this verse, I'ma beat my chest. Then a beat can't beat like a bully on concrete when a nerd can't take a uh. Never defeat, done with the beef, unless it's organic. I'ma damage anything, got an advantage, I fear nothing. Even if I panic, I planned it. From a whole nother planet, I'm planted on a rock. And it grow no stop. How can a tree bear fruit if it's born out of granite? One of the best of them, beyond the beast, I'm the next for them. If he tested me, he gets left with nothing. Whoever wants to stand next to him, I'm always impressing them. I'm lying, I'm just trying to get real close to them so I can eat the flesh of them. I'm gonna make a mess of them. No way, no, never stressing them. Who wanna compete? Still trying to climb to the top, long way to go, not next to my peak. Take a peek with God on my side, gonna put the enemies under my feet. Can't even sleep because I got no time, but I gotta give it everything I gotta, gotta be like, oh, I can't take no days. The thing that has changed me mostly has been marriage. Because I've always wanted to be a father, you know? And I don't know if I've ever been a great boyfriend, but I know that being a husband has really changed me because there's so much that goes into paying attention to someone else's needs who can do for themselves. But you looking after them and saying, hey, this is what I see, and I want to take care of you here, you know? With, with a child, it's different because you have to take over everything because they can't do anything from birth. But with a grown person, you know, who's beautiful and you're attracted to, you know, to love on them is definitely much more, it's, it's something that changes you, you know. So being married has changed me a lot. It's made me more responsible. It's made me more attentive. It's made me more um, loving and caring and forgiving. Um, but being a father has made me more brave. It's given me more courage. because. I've always been Ruslan's DJ. I've always wanted to put out a record, but I've never put out a record. One, because I was scared. I was like, yo, is anyone going to want to hear this? Am I going to be whack? You know what I'm saying? Like, you have those type of insecurities. Even if people are telling you you're dope, you still don't care. You think you're, you know, you, you may think you suck. And I think that's the problem. Now when I look and I say, dang, I have a child. And Theo's Gift was my first little project I put out. And I thought, like, man, I'm about to have a baby and I'm scared, like, I don't want my son to be scared of anything. Like, I want him to be able to do anything and to conquer that, like, to, to, to conquer the stage, to conquer any fear. I have to be able to live that before I can tell my son to do it, you know? So it has changed me completely. <laughs> like, marriage has changed me, and then, you know, and it's not like it's changing me. I'm literally digging deeper into myself and finding myself, you know? Like, you know, marriage like has dug into my heart you know what I'm saying like my head and my heart but fatherhood has dug into the pit of my stomach and made me aggressive and turned to butterflies you know what I'm saying like 
you know, into scorpions. You know what I mean? Like I have become fearless and powerful. I have new reason to live. Testimony. Testimony. Where Christian hip hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Everyone has a testimony, and we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Download the podcast of Testimony and Musician Story on iTunes. Find out how at TestimonyStories.com. A Musician's Story. Belief stepped in front of the DJ's booth and became an intricate part of the breaks. Breaks heads loved the authentic hip-hop sound that frontman Ruslan and Breaks members produced. And they were excited when they finally released their debut retail album, Never Arrive. Unbeknownst to fans, they would never hear a Breaks album again. Yes, the Breaks have officially broken up. Well, kinda, sorta. Belief and Ruslan poured into Belief's brother-in-law, John Gibbs, in the same fashion that Ruslan ministered to Belief. They have also helped him to develop as an artist. The three of them combined are called Dream Junkies. But individually, they are solo artists. On the eve of having his first child, Theo, Belief faced his insecurities about being a frontman and put out his first project, Theo's gift and went in. My daddy had a way of looking at me. You know how you kind of get scared. Seems like I could always do something that would take him there. And it wasn't all the time. You know it was kind of rare. I could tell he loved me and that he disciplined me because he cared. With that being said, I'm happy that he didn't spare that rod. My head was hard and my heart was on my sleeve. I had a chip on my shoulder that was bigger than a tortilla. And I wasn't yet a believer. I was a liar and a deceiver. I respected him, then rejected him, then looked at him and reflected him. Once I even tried to step to him, now all I want to do is be next to him. But this crime keeps me away. My priority is to pray. The majority of the time, I wish I could rewind the things I did say. And just sit with him and dismiss it because he had Tim to drop in his day. Hey. Last year, he dropped Red Pills and Black Sugar. That album solidified him as a rapper's favorite rapper. Meaning, do gets mad respect. But how well was it received by fans? Red Pills for me was something a little bit different. It was, uh, you know, I wanted you to close your eyes and see things. I wanted you to walk in my shoes. I wanted you, I wanted the, the Christian to be called to minister. And I wanted the broken to feel like, I'm not alone. You know what I'm saying? So it's been received well. Everybody who's heard it has been like, dang, I slept. I've slept on this record. I already know what I'm capable of. I'm now I'm now realizing that. You know what I'm saying? So Red Pills was just, I'm just kind of flirting with you guys. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just kind of seeing, hmm, 
because I could have just went in on every track, but I wanted to make something original. It's hard, you know, because you say Red Pills was a dope record, right? But I have a manager. My manager's like, yo, I can't. It's really hard to shop this record because when you go to other companies and you say, hey, do you want to get licensing for something, something, something? Nobody want to hear depressed. But people who relate to it, who understand the story, it's great. But for people who are trying to sell a product, it doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? So it really does minister to people. But at the same time, the bottom line is Theo, Uriah, and Yvette have to eat. You know what I mean? And I'll starve before, you know, so they can eat. So will I go, will I do more commercial stuff? Will I reach a point where I'm kind of like doing stuff that appeals to other ears? Heck yeah. I have to be mindful of that. Well, the sales haven't been like crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I think people are scared of it. They're scared of the cover. They still don't know what red pills and black sugar means. Like, people don't know if they can trust the brand. And that's fine. But I've done enough stuff that I know that the people who have been rocking with me, they will support it. You know, and people have been waiting for me to release something. So it has been, it's been hardly received. Yes. You know, it's people who still haven't heard it that listen to it. Like I had a guy tweet me today. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I stepped on this record. You know? You're scared, you're scared. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's fine. The fact is, like, when you hear it, you know it's real. I overheard this little girl talking to her mama. She said I wanna leave my sins in the water. She was only three and being me as an artist. I saw a vision, a painting of the scriptures telling us to be like children. This is for the brokenhearted. Yeah, that you the abuse, suicidal in the party. No, it's true. I know you're praying, thinking God is not hearing you, but he gonna pull you what the fire Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown, theory the music lover constantly seeking positive music. You may have a dream and it's not realistic. Just believe in yourself when you got it because